A reading from Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, and who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Hi, everybody. This morning we heard the prophet Isaiah promise that when God's word is spoken, it's as good as done. When God speaks, that word can be counted on to accomplish precisely that which God sends it out to do. So my prayer again this morning is that my words in this sermon will be used by God to speak to you exactly what God wants you to hear today, which is no different from what you need to hear today and that hearing God's voice, you will love God's word, and that loving God's word, God's will will be accomplished in you. Amen. Of the four gospel writers, Matthew is the one who most liked to compile the teachings of Jesus into coherently themed units. In Matthew's chapters 5 through 7, we have Jesus' extensive teaching on the law of Moses, in what's called the Sermon on the Mount, laying out Jesus' new ethic in which inner attitudes and desires are every bit as important as outward behaviors. Then in chapter 10, he instructs his disciples to go with an open heart, empty hands, and to rely on welcome from others before sending them out to share in his ministry of healing, casting out demons, and announcing that God's reign had come near. And now, Today, we come to Matthew's 13th chapter, and we have the first of three consecutive Sundays 
the rest of the Sundays in July, in fact, in which we will hear Jesus speak and teach in parables. Now, Matthew doesn't have nearly as many of Jesus' parables as Luke has, for example, but he lumps them all together in this 13th chapter, giving us a variety of word pictures describing what God and the kingdom of God is like. Today's parable is known as the parable of the sower. And unless you're really new at this church stuff, you've probably heard it many times before. It begins with a farmer scattering seeds far and wide, pretty indiscriminately, with no regard for where they land or for the odds of their survival when they do. And then it describes the variety of soils that such freely sown seeds land on and how they could be expected to fare in each type of soil. Now, if you look up the word parable in a dictionary, you will find it defined probably as a short allegorical, allegorical story designed to illustrate or teach some larger truth, some religious principle or moral lesson. In Sunday school as a child, I was taught that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Or as my former colleague, Pastor Doug Reinowitz, liked to say, parables are true stories that never happened. But parables can also be much more complex than that. Oftentimes, parables are a form of subversive speech, subtly getting people to lower their defenses and using a made-up story to get people to recognize truths about themselves or their world that they might likely deny or resist if they were confronted with them more directly or more bluntly. Now, the best example of that kind of subversive parable is the one that was told by the prophet Nathan about a man that stole another poor man's lamb, a story that got King David to convict himself and admit the damage that he'd done by having one of his soldiers killed so that David could take his wife and that story of David and Bathsheba. So while parables may seem simple and straightforward, they can also be very carefully set truth traps, more complex, and ready to spring their surprise, especially when a listener's defenses are down. So over these next three weeks, as you hear what might sound to you like some very familiar and very gentle stories about God and God's kingdom, remember what Isaiah said about God's word accomplishing its purpose. When Jesus spoke in parables, get ready to be sucker punched sometimes. You might think that you know what a parable means, but you never know what truth God has decided that you need to hear in it. And that's what makes preaching the parables both an enormous challenge as well as a lot of fun. Take this parable of the sower. It is clearly filled with earthly truths. It's about seeds and how they get planted and what happens to them depending on where they land. And whether you're a farmer or a backyard gardener or just someone who's best known for killing off houseplants, you know the earthly truths that Jesus is sharing with us. Seeds just cannot grow on hard-packed paths. Seeds aren't going to flourish in shallow, rocky soil. Young plants 
can't compete with tenacious weeds. They get choked out. It takes good fertile soil, lots of tending to go from seeds to a decent crop of produce. If you didn't know that already, it's probably not very surprising news. And in and of itself, not really what you'd bother to come to church for, even online in your pajamas, to learn. So I guess I'd better say more about this little parable. Like noticing, first of all, that it has two parts. The first is the story of the sower itself, that Jesus told the crowds on the shore while he sat in a boat and spoke to them. And then later, an explanation of the meaning of the parable that Jesus offered privately to his disciples. And back to Isaiah again, that just may be because what God wanted to accomplish by this parable wasn't the same thing for those two very different audiences. The first, what Jesus said to the crowds, was mostly about God, <clears throat> or the sower, who went about spreading his seeds like he'd never run out and like there was no tomorrow. Instead of carefully distributing his precious seeds where the odds of growth were the greatest, this is a broadcast farmer whose seeds fly off in all directions, landing on hard beaten paths, landing in rocky soil, landing in places where they get tangled with weeds, and only by dumb luck, it seems, do, some find, do find some nutritious soil eventually to grow in. Jesus seems to want the crowds to hear this as a parable of grace, a story of God's boundless love, God's desire to shower his blessings on everyone everywhere, seeing only potential where others see high risk, caring only about including while others worry about rates of return on their seed investment. Sure, the response and the results will vary, Jesus seems to be saying, but that's no reason for God to not try. The message to that crowd was that God is out to get you growing in faith and bearing fruit for his kingdom. And God will spare no seeds and no effort to give that even the slightest chance of happening. But then later, when Jesus is talking in private to his disciples, the focus changes to the soil to those varied and somewhat predictable responses that his disciples are likely to encounter when they are the ones bringing the seeds of God's word to others. It's then that Jesus explains that like a hard path, there are some people who have just been beaten down so much and so often by life, maybe by the empty promises of con artists, that no matter how hopeful and helpful your images and your message is, they're just going to fall flat and die. And there are other people who hear your message with great joy, in whom the seeds sprout quickly and they jump in with both feet, but they have no depth. And whenever the sun gets hot, they disappear. And then there are other people, or maybe it's just the same people on different days or in different seasons of life who say yes to God's call, but also say yes to 15 other different things and who get tangled up in too much and can't set priorities 
and like a string bean plant surrounded by crabgrass, their energy gets choked and they burned out. But then, despite all of those complicating and discouraging realities that keep God's seed from taking root everywhere that it's sown, some of it does find welcome. Some of it does fall on fertile soil. And that's when the fun starts. It's when the fruit forms and ripens, and the harvest might be a hundredfold sometimes. And even if it's not that great, maybe 60-fold. And guys, remember when it's a God's harvest we're talking about, even 30-fold is nothing to sneeze at. So do you see then how one parable can have very different meanings depending on who is hearing it? And how it's not just about the story's meaning and how ready we are to hear it, but also about what word God wants to speak into the life and reality of each hearer through that story. In other words, there are many more variables than what my soil type maybe happens to be today. And the most important variable is what God wants me to hear, because that's the word that isn't going to return to God empty, but will accomplish what God purposes, what God intends for it to accomplish. So maybe then when it comes right down to it, I should simply ask you, what is it that you hear in this parable of the sower? Are you perhaps part of that first group? Are you in the crowd that needed to hear that God, like a persistent and profligate farmer, is out to get you growing and bearing fruit and isn't going to rest or spare any seed to make that happen? Is this for you a motivating parable of grace? Or are you part of the disciple group that needed to hear that no matter how generous God is with his seed and how blessed the gifts that grow from it, there are still some people, some situations and circumstances, even sometimes in your own life, that prevent that word from taking root and growing? Might you need to hear today that there are circumstances and situations that you cannot change? Perhaps some wounds that you cannot heal and relationships that you cannot repair, no matter how much you try to till that soil? Or maybe the shoe is on the other foot, and today God wants you to see how hard someone else is still trying, despite finding it so hard to find welcoming soil in you. One thing worth noticing in this parable is that there is no judgment spoken over any of the various soils. None of them can really be blamed for the state that they're in. By that I mean it's not the soil's fault if life and its pounding has hardened and beaten it down. It's not the soil's fault if heavy rains have come and washed away its depth. And it's not the soil's job to rid itself of rocks. No, in this parable the sower sows his seed in the world that is. In the world that we know, the world we live in not in some perfect world of soft and perfectly composted and gently watered and wind-sheltered fields. As we heard last week, we are each a complex mix of saint and sinner, in fact, 100% both. 
We're all a product of everything that's happened or didn't happen in our lives up to this point. Sometimes our soil is rich and fertile. Sometimes it's hard and beaten down. Sometimes it's rocky. Sometimes it's choked with weeds. None of us can just decide when and how we will be more receptive ground for God's word any more than we can tell our garden soil just to try harder and be more fertile. So I'll ask again, what do you hear this parable saying today? Is it what the crowds heard? Is it what the disciples heard? Or is it something else entirely that God particularly wants you to hear? Does it even help at all to notice that the seeds that couldn't grow on the path were at least helpful in feeding the birds? You see, maybe what you need to hear most today is Isaiah's parable of that rain and snow that come down from heaven and do not return until they have done what they came to do, until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And that just like that is this word that goes out from God's mouth to your ears. Maybe it's that basic word that your sins are forgiven. Maybe it's the word that nothing can separate you from God's love in Christ. Maybe it's the word that a painful ending has become an opportunity for a new beginning, a word by which God is calling you to a deeper walk, a renewed relationship, a changed circumstance, a new life. One of the things about preaching to a camera instead of to a crowd is that I can't read your faces. I can't see where my words have become God's word for you, where they seem to have found good and receptive soil, or when they haven't. But what I do know is that whatever God's word is for you today, it shall not and will not return to God empty. It shall accomplish exactly that which God purposes. Nothing more and nothing less and it will succeed in the thing for which it was sent. Because as Jesus said, some seeds fall on good soil and bear fruit. And as Isaiah said, when God's word is spoken, it's as good as done. Amen. <laughs>